struggle. I don't know of anyone here I'm looking at that doesn't have struggles of some sort or another. Some of them we bring on ourselves, and some of them just happen. But turn to Psalm 19, and I, I hope tonight you leave with, a, with the mind of the Lord about our troubles, because uh, you're going to find out before this evening is over, as I found out in my life, when I have problems in my life, for some reason or another, it all makes a full circle, and it comes back to this one thing in my life. No matter what it is I struggle with, it all comes back to this thing. And it's my tongue. No matter what I'm struggling with, I can bring it all right back to this one problem. Look at the last verse. I got saved in this little country church, and we would always repeat this verse right after Sunday school. Verse 14, read it together. It says, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. So the question tonight is, are the words of our mouth acceptable to God? Pretty important, I think. Thank you. You may be seated. No mystery. We're headed right to the book of James, the third chapter. I don't have to, I don't have to pick on anyone else when it comes to this. I've got enough to, I got enough preaching material right here between these two ears. This life. This message really comes out of that, uh, of my, well, I'll just come out with it. I'll just try to be as transparent as I can. I was, I was involved in a conversation last week, and, uh, and we were uh, talking about the upcoming election. And look, I don't care whether you're Republican or Democrat, I really don't. But if you watch the uh, debate, uh, the, the debate certainly seemed to favor Romney. And I found myself involved in a conversation where I was just enjoying that a lot. And I want to tell you, God got on my case. Because the Word of God says that we are to honor the king or the president. We're to honor him. Whether or not you agree with him, we are to honor him. I know. I, I, I didn't say this was going to be fun. We are to honor him. God has placed him in authority over us. I know we think, well, no, he got elected. God has placed him in authority over us. The Word of God says, let every soul be subject unto the higher powers. The powers that be are ordained of God. They that resist the power, resist God. I know. I know. I don't like it either. But I'm just telling you where I've been, where God has taken me, and you just, this is your lucky night. You get to go along with a ride. But I believe that God would deal with this church about its tongue. Because if this church 
you ever drive by here one day and this church is not here, you can believe it is because it has fallen from within. That's the only, not the government turning up the heat on us, telling us we can't worship. I dare you to tell me I can't come here and worship. I dare you. I think it'd be standing room only. Because that is that nature inside of us. Same thing, tell a kid, you can sit, 100 seats, you can sit anywhere but there. What's that kid going to do? Tell us we can't worship. So it's not going to be the government. It's not going to be them. If, it, if we self-destruct, it'll be the only way it'll happen. And it'll happen because of this. James 3, verse 1. My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment for we stumble in many things. Can you say amen to that? If anyone does not stumble in word, he's a perfect man, able to bridle the... Those two words say them loud? The whole body. The whole body. This is real important. Verse 3. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. You ever go horseback riding? Isn't it amazing? That big thing, is how many hundred pounds it weighs, is controlled by this little metal thing. You stick in its mouth, you can stop it, you can start it, you can turn it, you can do whatever you want. And it's not very big. We, we turn that horse's whole body with that little bit. Look also at ships, although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, yet they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles uh-huh. The whole body. You can take that personally. My tongue would defile me, my whole body. But listen, in the body of Christ, my tongue can defile Alan Johnson too. And Teresa Russell. My tongue can. It will defile the whole body. Oh, you go to New Hope. Where, you hear what the hell that guy was talking? Where does he go? New Hope. Oh, yeah, it defiles the whole body for every kind of beast. And it sets on fire the course of nature and is set on fire. How? By hell. A bad mouth is not from God. It is not. For every kind of beast and bird, a reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no man can tame the tongue. It's an unruly evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceeds blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? The answer? No. Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives, or a grapevine bear figs? No. Thus, no spring yields both salt water and fresh. Doesn't happen. 
I remember years ago I, I, I preached on this and I brought a toilet plunger with me. Any of you remember that? And ask anyone if they want a nice cool drink of water. No, and I had no takers. I wonder why. Listen, that is how the world receives us if we are double-minded and we have stuff comes out of our mouth, even if it's just gossip. It doesn't have to be cussing, just gossip. Or Look, go back to chapter, verse, chapter 1, verse 19. I always think of Daryl whenever I read this. So then, my, bro, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear. Look at his next three words. Slow to speak. Slow. You ever talk to someone and you could just tell that they were just waiting on you to take a breath so they could inject something? He said, be slow to speak. Slow to speak. Why? Slow to wrath. He says, for the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Now, I, I would say I would love to do a study. I'd love to do a, a teaching on marriage. I've talked about it for a long time. Uh, we're going on 37 years, and we're just now starting to get the bugs worked out. One thing I've learned, if I would tell a young married couple anything, learn how to argue. Learn how to argue. It's something we had to learn on our own. If you can learn how to disagree, your marriage will be sweet. You can still be 37 years down the road and still be in love. Uh, it takes work. It's, it's not disagreeing as much as she tries. She's nothing like me. We, we marry our opposites, do we not? We marry. How in the world can we always agree? It's insanity to think that if you married someone who is your total opposite, now we're just going to agree with everything. Are you serious? Smell the coffee. So it is not disagreeing, it's how we disagree. And I, I believe a whole marriage thing is just learning how to disagree. You understand, volume doesn't work. Are you out there tonight? How long have you guys been married? A month. Have you figured that one out yet? Volume does not solve arguments. Because if you get loud... I'll tell you what. It's in us. I don't care how quiet you are. You you get loud if you're in a corner and you're being confronted by someone who is loud. It's It just happens. It solves nothing. Our, our words are so important, our volume and, and the tone in which they're spoken. <sighs> Slow to speak. T turn to Ephesians 4. I love this scripture. This is one I committed to memory a long time ago. Ephesians 4. Four, verse 29 says, Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. No corrupt. Listen to what this word corrupt means. Rotten or worthless. Paint me a picture. So don't, don't let that come out of your mouth. There's something that happens to us when we speak bad stuff. Oh, there is. I, I, God got on my case this past week, and he said, 
from, from now on, you will speak good stuff. Stay. If someone is on someone else, walk away from it. God confirmed this this morning. He spoke through someone else, saying how God had dealt with them. He just confirmed this message. I already had it together. Oh, my words. It's, it's the words that kill. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. What the Word of God says, Proverbs 18, 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue. You can, you can kill your kids. You can kill your marriage. You, you, or, or you can make it sweet. But I, I, I would just say to especially young couples get, who, who are just getting married or got married, it's normal to disagree. But I, I, the most insane thing I see is people who leave each other after their kids are grown. We earned this time together. We, we earned this. I, I'm just going to tell you, if, if, you're, if you're around my age or your kids are thinking about leaving, you hang in there. It's fun. It's worth it. It's worth it. You, you fight for your marriage. It's fun. You can still be in love. Still, I, I still actually enjoy each other's company. Hang in there. Let your words be sweet. Tell your wife she's good looking. Tell her. I'm telling you, if you don't, some snake will. Oh, some snake will. He will. I, I, I tell Marshall, she goes out to work and says, Man, you look hot today. You have to go to work? Are you sure you have to go? Feed that. It's a, just a few words of building each other up. I'm telling you, it'll go a long way. You'll be years down the road. It's a choice. It's a choice you make. If you decide, to, I, I, you're, I don't like you. I don't like the way you're doing this. You make me so mad. You're sick. You're just like you're, you're this. Oh, but you're, you're speaking death into your marriage. Words are powerful. You'll never change. Why do you always, you always do that? Always and never. Two, two most r real confrontive words. They're good things you take out of your vocabulary. Look, we, we just didn't really, I mean, mom, mom and dad, mom and dad never argued in front of us. There's six of us kids, they argued. You got to make up sometime. They argued, but they never argued in front of us. So it was, it was something with, uh, um, Marcia's mom and dad split up when she was young. So she, she didn't have an example, and I didn't have an example. So let me tell you something, fellas. This will, real, this will work real good. The next time you and Diana have a disagreement, just take a ride in a truck. Just be gone a couple hours. When you come back, she'll just oh, she'll just greet you. Say, I love you so much. <laughs> that doesn't work. I tried that. I tried that. That does not work. But I didn't have an example. I thought, what's going on here? We're arguing. We're arguing. We're, this, this ain't the way I had it planned. We were just going to be happy all the time. We can't be disagreeing. And so I thought it was abnormal. I thought, but I'll tell you one thing I learned real quick, and she helped me with this. Don't leave. 
Because I'll tell you what, yeah, I come home to a little redhead that was a whole lot madder than when I left. It was not good. And so we we learned, we both had to learn, hey, hey, honey, she would say, honey, you, you can't do it. We got to talk. We have to talk. We, it's okay to disagree, but we at least have to talk. Because I got to know why you feel the way you feel. We, we've even learned there's some things we are never going to agree on. Never. Look at, no one mixes me up with her. We're different as day and night. We're not going to agree on everything. Don't be threatened by it. Don't be threatened by not agreeing on everything. Just be, thank God you're different. Are you kidding me? There had, had both of us been like me, we were, you'd been seeing us on forensic files. Because one of us or both of us, it would have been a murder-suicide or something. There's no way two of me could dwell together. I don't even like me. <laughs> Turn to Matthew 15. Let's start with verse 10. When he had called the multitude to himself, he said to them, Hear and understand, not what goes into the mouth defiles a man, but what comes out of the mouth. This defiles a man. Then his disciples came and said to him, Do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this saying? But he answered and said, Every plant which my heavenly Father has not rooted will be uprooted, has not planted will be uprooted. Let them alone. They are the blind leaders of the blind, and if the blind leads the blind, both will fall into the ditch. Then Peter answered and said to him, Explain this parable to us. So Jesus said, Are you also still without understanding? Do you not yet understand that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and is eliminated? But those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart, and they defile a man. Why? Well, for out of the heart proceeds evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man, but to eat with unwashed hands does not defile a man. He said, it's, it's what, I think it's, I think it's Matthew 12, 34 and 12, 36. It says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. That's why the word of God says, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sit against you. Uh, Jason's message this morning about the word, I'm telling you, I, I, I feared. I, I told the Sunday school class this morning, you know, it tells us in Matthew where he's quoting out of Deuteronomy, he says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word which proceeds out of the mouth of God. And I fear the church is trying to live by bread alone. We don't bring our Bibles. We don't read our Bibles. We don't know our Bibles. But listen, what he was telling you this morning is true. You better have your sword sharp. I mean, you're... You can't believe either one of these guys running for president is going to be the answer. I mean, I mean, seriously. A Muslim or a Mormon, those are our picks. Oh, my gosh. So we know the answer cannot be, and the answer has to be in God. It does. So you need to study your word, and you need to vote accordingly. Turn to Isaiah 6. Verse 1, I love the book of Isaiah. 
In the year the king Isaiah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and a train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim. Each one had six wings. With two he covered his face, two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. So I said, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. If you have had an encounter with God, I'm telling you, your mouth will get cleaned up. If you've really had an encounter, he's a, look what happened. One of the seraphim, look at the next verse. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken with the tongs from the altar, and he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away, and your sin purged. Took a coal, touched his mouth. Isaiah. And then what happened? He said, okay, here I am, Lord, send me. Now I'm ready to go. We want to go, but we don't want God to deal with our lips, with our mouth. Jeremiah, go over a book. First chapter of Jeremiah. Another great prophet. Verse 4, chapter 1. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Then said I, Our Lord God, behold, I can't speak for I'm a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I'm a youth, for you to, shall go to all to whom I send you, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have this day set you over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out, to pull down, to destroy, and to throw down, to build, and to plant. What am I trying to say? To say, God with a prophet Isaiah, with a prophet Jeremiah, he said, there's some things I want you to do, but I want my words in your mouth. That's what we need to be speaking, church. We need to be speaking life. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. No corrupt or rotten communication. Speak the word of God into your marriage. Speak it into your job. Speak the word of God. Death and life. I say, God, no more negative stuff out of my mouth. If I see myself, I'm starting to be involved in a conversation. I have the ability, God's given me the ability and you the ability to turn that conversation around. It was headed down death row and we were, boom, boom. We breathed life into it, speaking the word of God into it. Oh, the word of God just deals with this so much. Look at uh, James 4, verse 11. Do not speak evil of one another, brethren. 
He who speaks evil of a brother and judges his brother speaks evil of the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is one lawgiver who is able to save and to destroy. Who are you to judge another? Wow. Think words aren't powerful? We, we love, I, I believe we love talking about other people because we believe it makes us look better. I'm just telling you. I'm telling you my heart, that I believe it's probably yours too. No one talks about Billy Graham. We, don't, we pick on each other. Yeah, you hear about what? Are you out there tonight? You just leave your steel-toed shoes on. It's good for us. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. I want to speak life with my tongue. I want to. If I talk to you, I want to speak life to you. You come to me. If I leave planet Earth, I pray to God he does this work in me where you could say, I'll tell you one thing about that brother. When I rise around him, he spoke life to me. I want to do that. And in order to do that, I'm telling you, God is burning stuff out of me. You know why? I like to gossip. Aren't you glad you don't? Oh, isn't it a war? Isn't it a war? It's a war. It's so it's so much easier to just to jump on a bandwagon and say, yeah, and I'll tell you what else I heard. Listen, God is not in that. God is not in that. It's fine for a season. It kind of feels good because it takes the heat off you. Does it not? It makes me think, yeah, I know I'm a scoundrel, but you don't know it, so let's talk about that person. Jesus said, it's what comes out that's defiling you, the whole body. If I talk about you, whoever you are, I'm defiling the whole body. We need to have a true encounter with God where he takes a coal from the altar, he touches our tongue, and we start speaking life to people. That's what we need. This church. Proverbs 15, verse 4 says, A wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness in it breaks the spirit. If you're in Proverbs, you can just put it in part. We'll be there for a little while. Over to chapter 16, verse 28. A perverse man sows strife, and a whisperer separates the best of friends. You better watch someone who is always whispering. It's not good. We used to stay at my aunt's house because there was a bunch of us kids. There was a bunch of those kids. They were just all the same age and... Spent a lot of time, but their mom was so strict. And uh remember going over there one time and told my brother, I don't like that stuff. I don't know what she cooked. I, said, I don't like that. She gets, There's no whispering. If you're going to whisper something, you need to say it loud enough so everyone can hear it. So I don't like that. I don't like it. Whispering's never good. Whispering is never good. A whisperer separates. Proverbs 21. Isn't this fun? 
tell you the same thing they told me. I go up to physical therapy twice a week. I knew I was in trouble. I walked in and a sign said, if therapy was going to be fun, it'd be called recess. I thought, my Lord, do stuff to you to just make Hitler glad. Says he must have dreamed some of it up. You're helping me, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, we're helping. Thank you. Verse 23, Proverbs 21, verse 23. Whoever guards his mouth and his tongue keeps his soul from troubles. Wow. God put a, put a lock on my lips. Let me be slow to speak. Have you ever noticed when you answer quickly, it's usually trouble? Am I the only one that's noticed that? You give a quick response, you think, no, I didn't make that. Give me those words back, and it's just too late. They've already done damage. I can't count the times where uh, we've had disagreements, and as the volume's starting to increase, and I can tell uh, tempers are, are, are starting to flare. Ever been there? And God will say, you have heart? You better shut your mouth now. You are almost at the point of no return with this. You better back out right now while you can still do it with dignity. Save the weekend. Sometimes I listen. And my problem is I'm transparent. When I'm bummed, you can tell. I don't, I don't hide it well. I don't even try to hide it. So when that happens, you probably think, you see me like that, you can probably think, he probably stepped over the line. But that's usually what happens. And so it is in a church. Look at chapter 22, verse 10. Cast out the scoffer, and contention will leave. Yes, strife and reproach will cease. What do you do with that? Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, one who scorns, scoffing. Wow, we don't do it like that. We ain't never. You better get rid of them. There's going to be contention. There's going to be problems. I, I, I've asked people, why in the world don't they have me leading praise and worship? What the heck? It is hilarious, isn't it? And yet it goes on. People do think that. I, I, I wanted that job. I know Rod well enough to say, so what do you do? God's got him up there for a reason. Listen, a scorner, that word means to make mouths at or to mock it. Wouldn't you know? You have the answers. Uh, it's like a guy I used to work with who uh, they nicknamed I know. Mm-hmm. And I never knew why. I said, I said, oh, you're working with Ina today. I said, what? That's Ina. I said, no, his name's Eddie. I said, no, it's Ina. So what are you talking about? I said, how many of you notice everything you, you try to tell him? I know. I know. He, he had all the answers. And, I, and he said, I heard someone say something about him. His biggest problem is he has a lot of know-how and no-do-how. He knows. He just knows. His mouth got him in trouble. Because he would he would always run it and and he would uh, he would cause problems for himself. He would make fun of people trying to stir up stuff. 
He did it with me one day. I wasn't saved at the time, although I, I'm not sure I would have handled it much different. And uh, he he was he was making fun of me. We were at lunch table. I, there were a bunch of guys around. I forget what he was saying, so I just came right back at him. And uh, I forget what. Uh, yeah, it uh, doesn't matter. But anyway, I, I, I just poked right back at him, and everyone laughed, and that bothered him. And he and I, we were working in Columbus, and we were taking turns driving. You know, even back then, it was a lot of money to drive a big old vehicle to Columbus. And so he just said in front of these guys, he said, well, maybe I'll just make you walk home. I said, I'll tell you what, I've hitchhiked California. I can find my way back to Zanesville from here. I said, but I'm going to tell you what, if you're going to throw out those words and you're going to play big boy games, expect to get it back. I was not saved, so what's he doing? He was throwing all these words and he was stirring up stuff. Well, I just gave it back. That's what happens. Grievous words. A soft answer turns away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. If you've never experienced that, try it in your marriage sometime. Stick with me. I'll take you places. <laughs> yeah, it's a long walk. <laughs> Proverbs 16, verse 24 says, Pleasant words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the bones. Isn't that good? Oh, my gosh. You speak sweet words. I'm telling you, it will affect your health. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. You speak life into that marriage. You speak sweet words. You'll be healthy. God says, I'll bless it. Help. That's what he says. And have you ever noticed? I, I always noticed that when I went to the psych ward, because we, we preached up there for almost 20 years, and I'd go in there and I'd find these, these people who were so angry they were angry and all you do is listen to them they open their mouth one time and think oh my gosh they would talk about things that happened to them 20 and 30 years ago pleasant words are like a honeycomb but those grievous words they were defiling them that's what was happening those words will defile you and I we speak negative stuff the best advice I, I'd, I'd give you if, you, if you are married, you won. You thank God for your spouse. Saved, unsaved, you thank God for your spouse. Because I'm telling you what, you get my age and you're seeing it, they're more and more crazy. Years and years of that not going on, and I'm telling you, it just it erodes a foundation for a marriage. It's a hard one to get over. You've got to speak life into your marriage. You have to do it. There is someone out there. I promise you there's someone out there that the enemy has planted for your spouse. Trust me. You better speak life into that marriage. Do it. Speak life into it. Say, I love you. I'm so thankful for you. Take the time to do it. It's going to be uncomfortable, especially for a guy. It'll be uncomfortable. Because we're, well, face it, we were born cool. Right? I want to tell you why a woman loves that. 
She loves to hear. Tell her you love her. Tell her she looks nice. Tell her you like the outfit she's wearing. Oh, come on. I mean, I mean I'm telling you, do it. Do it. Proverbs 15, verse 23. Oh, my gosh, how powerful is this? A man has joy by the answer of his mouth. Wow. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Death and life. Are you scared to say amen or what? This works. Listen, I'm giving you good counsel. Just like Jason said, I'm giving you the word of God. This is the word of God. This works. Not just in a marriage, but in a church. This works. Uh, really, if you and I could see in the spirit what goes on when we gossip, we'd stop doing it. Oh, we would. Because it separates. God, if you, if you get in the word of God, you start reading Ephesians, we've been built together, joined together. Everything about us is together. We're, we're made to live together. We're going to be together in heaven forever. Together. We, we've, got to, we've got to learn to appreciate one another. I know you guys are weird, but i got to just appreciate you. And now what we do, we're the standard. We use that one. They're just different. Different from, from well, from me. Thank God. We're different. It's a good thing to be different. I don't think Fred and Betsy are anything alike. I, I've never gotten those two mixed up. Look at your marriage. You're different. Different as day and night. Oh, thank God. Listen, this is when I knew God was moving. At, at the same thing that attracted me to Marsha. When we got married, aggravated me about her. The same thing that... Yeah. Now I'm mad. Now I'm aggravating. What the heck? And so then you, you learn, listen, you, you learn not only to tolerate differences. You, you do. You learn to appreciate them. Thank God for a break for this insane gas pedal. Thank God for a break. Thank God. Tell her. Tell your spouse, I love you. I'm, I'm thankful for you. Tell them. Don't quit doing it. You speak life. It's worth the, the time. It really is. We still have our days. Eventually she comes around, but... She always said, I'm sorry, you were right. She gets tired of saying that. <laughs> Golly, I wish it were true. Oh, how I wish it were true. I'd give anything to be, I'd, I'd say, Lord, just give me one out of 50. I'll settle for that. Because if I had that, I would say I'd be doing pretty good. Oh, my gosh, our words are so powerful. Look at, go to Romans 16. One thing we learned. We're all grown-ups here. If we're not, you ought to be in another service. But if, you're, if, you're, if you've been married any time at all, you fight about three things. Sex, kids, money. And not in that order. Just they can be random order. 
So every argument you have really comes back to one of those three things. Think about it. So finally, we just got to place it. Oh, we've had this argument before. We know where this is going. Ain't no sense arguing So how do you present your case? Pretty important, isn't it? Pretty important. You can say about anything if you say it with a soft voice. You really can. My, my mom used to tell me that I graduated with honors from Dick Gephardt's School of Tact. None. It has taken God, the Holy Ghost, inside to reveal things, to, to learn how to do this. Because that's what he does. He leads us into all truth, right? I look back there and I see the Addies, nothing alike. Everywhere I look, I see nothing alike. We need, just like in a marriage, do the same thing in church. Thank God we're different. Thank God we're different. It's a good thing. So just be appreciative and speak life into that person that's so different than you. Speak life. We have the ability. Isn't that amazing? I can, even tonight, when this is all done, you and I, before we leave here, we can minister grace to someone. Isn't that awesome? To think God would put that in this, this vessel of clay, dirt that he breathed into, now, by his spirit, I can speak life. I can minister grace to art. I can. I just have to choose to. Isn't it awesome? You just think, if you and I made a declaration this night, I am not going to speak any more words of death. How different would our church be? God, I am going to speak words of life. I'm not going to put on some fake smile like the joker. All I'm going to do is speak words of life. Joseph, I appreciate you. You don't even have to make that up. I love his heart. This is a good word this morning, Jason. Told him. It's a good word. You understand? That breathes life into people. It does. Um, how you doing? Oh, I'm not doing too good. I'm not feeling God. I got this going on. God, let's pray. Let's pray. We can turn a situation around. You and I, we have got this power in this earthen vessel. What power that's so untapped? We've listened to the voice of the enemy. We listen to his lies. Who's your daddy? Man, my Father in Heaven does not speak that stuff to me. My Father in Heaven does not remind me of my past. He can't. He doesn't remember it. There's no way God can remind me of my past. It's part of the New Covenant. You read about it in Hebrews 8 and Hebrews 10 and Jeremiah 31. It's the, it's the New Covenant. It said, I write my laws in their hearts and their minds and their sins and iniquities. I remember no more. God doesn't even remember them. So why should we? Aren't you tired of beating yourself up? 
I mean, we give the devil way too much credit. I, th I think we give our ourselves a TKO. We cannot change our past. But I want to tell you, we can change today and we can change tomorrow if we will speak life to everyone we come in contact with. It's, it's health to the bones. It's health. If I, if, I, if I go to Carol and I speak words of life, I'm not only breathing life in Carol, I'm breathing life in Bruce. You understand what it does to me? when I start, What's it do to you when you start sharing the gospel with some speaking the word of God to people? I'm telling you, it'll put a spring in your step. It does. It's powerful. Oh, confession is a powerful thing. What we do with our mouth is so powerful. 1 Timothy 2. This has got a couple more scriptures. I, I hate to rush through this. But it's, it's worth listening to and it's worth applying to our lives. 1 Timothy 2 verse 1 says, Therefore, this is where God got on me. Therefore, I exhort first of all, that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for, mm -hmm, for kings and all who are in authority that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. I'm just going to tell you this. If you're talking about the president, you need to stop. That's what God told me. If you're talking about him, you need to shut your mouth. You need to... I want prayers and intercessions and giving of thanks made for him that I may lead a quiet and peaceable life. Does it mean I have to agree with him? No. No, but it means I am to give thanks for him and I am to pray for him and stand in the gap for him. He's lost. He needs Christ. I know. I didn't like this either. I don't like hearing this stuff. But this is what God dealt with me. That you will not talk about him. You will not laugh about him. That does not honor me, God says. I'm not in that. You want to honor me? You pray for him. You intercede for him. You stand in the gap for him. Regardless of how you vote, you pray for him. I wonder what would happen if you and I spent as much time praying for him as we did talking about him. Oh, our words are powerful. They're powerful. So you and I have got a decision to make. Whether we will yield ourselves to the power of the Holy Ghost or we'll continue to walk in the flesh and talk about who we want and thumb our nose at God. We, he lets us do that. There's quite a payday for it, but He lets us do it. Psalm 12, verse 1 says, Help, Lord, for the godly man ceases for the faithful disappear from among the sons of men. They speak idly, everyone with his neighbor, with flattering lips and with a double heart they speak. May the Lord cut off all flattering lips and the tongue that speaks proud things. Well, what things? Who have said, with our tongue we will prevail. Our lips are our own. Who is Lord over us? Wow. 
I'm going to say what I want to who I want about anything I want. Who's going to stop me? That's frightening. That's frightening. If we've truly had an encounter with Almighty God, Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, our name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, the Spirit of the living God is living inside of us, and we too, like Isaiah and Jeremiah, surely should have had an encounter with God where He has touched our tongue, touched our lips, and said, I'm going to put my words in you, so you speak my words, not your words. It's like we heard this morning. We can't speak them if we don't know them. So we need to be speaking God's word into people, speaking life, and let this tongue be used for life and not death. Amazing thing, isn't it? We can speak life and death. Don't have to have a sword. Don't have to have guns. Don't have to have anything like that. All we got to do is say the wrong thing. Now, we can kill people, can't we? We can kill them. I remember one day when the kids were real little, we were down to the Zane Trace commemoration. Any of you remember that? And uh, uh, Marsha and, uh, and we had all four kids then. They were over on Putnam side, and we were parked over by Dutro Fords. And I told Marsha, I'll tell you what, it's hot. The kids are grouchy. I said, I'll just go get the vehicle, and I'll be back. And I got right in front of Dutro's, and as I got there, I heard this old man, guy about my age now, I'd say, he was a car salesman, and he said something to this guy who was driving by in a car, and he said, well, I'm not afraid of you either, you. And he called him some names, and he felt pretty good about himself, but the man did not plan on this car as he was going, as the light turning red. And it turned red right there at South and 6th. And this guy got out of his car. I've never seen anything like this in my life. He ran as fast and as hard as you could run with his fist cocked behind him like that. And he delivered a blow. He hit that man. That, that, uh, this guy had two or three people warning that, hey, buddy, you better turn around. Someone's going to hit you. And he did. He was right in the middle of the street. That guy hit him. And as he hit him, he came from behind, and he hit him right in here, and right on the skull. And I, it peeled his bone, his skin back. I saw his skull. It hit him so hard it lifted him up through a lane of traffic, clear over on the sidewalk. He skidded against a curb, a concrete curb stood up about that tall. I went over to him and would have sworn he was dead. He was not moving. Finally, he started to stir. So I was like, write that guy's license number down. So they started, to, and his girlfriend said, honey, we better be leaving. But it was too late. I mean, they did get his license number. All because of some words. All because of some words. Words. People are in prison because of words. What people have said. Well, I, I just... Because of words. How can it be worth it when we have a chance to speak life? Isn't it insane to speak death? especially to a world, death is all they know. That's how they operate. But you and I know better. We know better. 
It doesn't matter whether you're talking finances or health or kids or parents or job. Or, you name it. We need to be speaking life. If you're a downer, you will not be one I'm close to. I can't handle you. I can't. If you're a downer, you're on your own. You come to me. How you doing? Oh, not good. I've got. I'll probably be my last visit with you. I I, I can't. I I gotta. I need somebody that's upbeat. I'm not talking about being a phony. I I just need someone whose glass is half full, not half empty, all the time. Because everybody's got stuff, do we not? And I, I love to be around someone who's just going to breathe life into me. Not that I need you, but if I'm around you, I need you to breathe life. Because we all got stuff. We all do. So when we're around each other, we need to encourage one another. The words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart be acceptable. And no corrupt communication. We need to be ministering grace to each other. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. Tell him he's coming. That unsaved husband's coming. Breathe life and uh, I tell you what, I never it ain't it ain't gonna work. You're wasting your time. I I seen when it He's coming. We don't walk by this, right? We walk by faith. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. You get the word of God inside of you, you'll spark you'll start speaking differently. You will. It works. Like everyone stand, please. You got some music back there you can put on. I don't know where you're at. This has been painful for me. I feel like I've been drugged through a gravel parking lot with a rope around my neck. But God is, he, he wants for this to be out of my life because it does not honor him. I want my tongue to honor God. If I'm around you, I want to speak life into you, not death. I don't want to tell you how things are going to be and how it's never worked before and it never will. I want to speak life into you. If you want that in your life, I want you to just come down to this altar and you ask God, take a coal from the altar, touch my lips, and let me speak words of life to everyone I come in contact with. I denounced all the negative stuff that's been coming out of my mouth. I don't want to gossip anymore. God, I want to speak words of life. You do it to me. I submit myself to your authority. You do it. If that's your heartbeat, you need to come up here and ask God. Confess it before him.